Merry Christmas Eve Eve, everybody. My name is Adam Bittner, Assistant Sports Editor for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined for our Steelers post-game show after a 34-11 beating of the Bengals at Acrisure Stadium. Uh, Paul Zeiss is here. Paul, uh, I don't know if that's the game anyone was expecting. <laughs> from Mason Rudolph, from a, really a very long cast of characters beyond him, um, it, they really dug deep after a pretty tumultuous week, one of the more tumultuous weeks in you know, recent Steelers history and, and put together a hell of a performance. What are your um, initial thoughts before we start to dig into specific topics? <laughs> I mean, for our purposes, Adam, it couldn't have gone any, any, any better, right? Um, not only did they win, but so they keep their season relevant and keep them going. But the other part of it is they, uh, uh, you know, Mason Rudolph kind of led them there. Right? What did he have? Two hundred and ninety or something, and two touchdowns, maybe, or three, t- two or three touchdowns, right? Two, maybe two. I don't know. I forget. It doesn't even matter. The bottom line is, um, he played really, really well. Um, you you, you kind of knew that this was their day when Mike Tomlin won not one but two challenges in this game. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, they live for another week. I mean, listen. When everybody asked me about this game, I said the thing about Mike Tomlin is somehow, some way, he his team finds a way to get to the last week of the season with a chance. So I, I I'm not surprised that they won it all. I am kind of surprised they put up 34 points and and and, and sort of one going away. Yeah, yeah, I think we haven't really seen a game like that in in a while. They were all kind of stats. I think they hadn't had a 24 nothing lead since uh, 2016 or something. I think Christopher Carter was tweeting. So, uh, you know, some pretty crazy stuff. I don't. I, that's probably not true. That's that. But um, there were all kind of stats that really that this was. They haven't had that kind of lead. I think maybe in the in first half. So it was it was really something to watch. Um, Paul, we're going to get into more specific topic, topics here in a second. Lots of Mason Rudolph talk, lots of George Pickens talk. Before we do, just want to thank our primary sponsor for this episode of the podcast and every Steelers post-game show here on the Post-Gazette Sports Now YouTube channel and podcast network, Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. There's no better place to get new windows and doors installed in your home than Pella, who can help you save on energy costs year-round. Schedule a free in-home consultation with your local Pella Windows and Doors to find the right product for your home and budget. Give them a call at 866-593-1560 to discuss your project further. That's 866-593-1560 to get started planning on your new windows and doors installation with Pella Windows and Doors of Pittsburgh. Um, Paul, I'm just going to get right into what I think is going to be the dominant storyline of the week. Do you play Mason Rudolph again next week? Do you go back to Kenny Pickett if he's healthy? Um, you know, what What should they do and, and what will they do? Uh, I tell you, I, I will be surprised that I've been trying to refresh Twitter to see the quotes out of the, you know, the, the news conference to see if, you know, he has anything to say about it. I'm talking about Mike Tomlin, obviously. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'll be shocked if my, I'll be shocked if he plays Mason Rudolph next year, next week. Uh, if Kenny Pickett is healthy, I, I think he's going to go back to him. And I think it'll be that, I think it'll be that thing where you say basically, uh, that uh, you know, you go with a hot, uh, you go with your starter. That's you know the way they do things. Now, the one thing I will say is Kenny Pickett hasn't exactly distinguished himself enough yet. That they, they might be able to just say, "Listen, we're going to give him another week to heal." You know what I mean? And and uh, and and see what happens with Mason Rudolph. 
If it's me, I'd probably go with Rudolph uh, at least one more week. I mean, let's see what happens. Why not ride the hot hand and see where it goes from there? I, that's probably what I would do. But, again, I don't know that that's what he's going to do. You know, it, it, it seems to me like – it seems to me like, you know, Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's a little bit stubborn when things like this. And if he believes that Kenny Pickett is healthy, he's going to give him every opportunity to play. Yeah, I think that's going to be interesting, an interesting storyline to watch. I mean, you definitely know how the fans feel. I mean, how loud was that Mason Rudolph chase oh, ball? It was unbelievable. I couldn't believe I mean, I'm thinking to myself, I, I, I sat in that very same seat I was sitting in a little bit ago when they, when they tied the Lions. You remember that mess? You remember that mess of a game when they tied the Lions? And people were screaming bloody murder, wanted to get rid of them. I I saw a bunch of people that went on and on and on and on about, you know, how he's not a quarterback. He's not an NFL quarterback and all this other stuff. Um, And now today you've got got a crowd chanting his name at the top of their lungs. I just – you want to talk about a bizarro world season, Adam. We've certainly had it, you know. Just, uh, you know, the way they've won, they won some games early, and then you think, well, I mean, they're going to just roll right through the rest of the schedule until they get to, you know, uh, Seattle maybe, and they end up losing to the Cardinals and Patriots and then get smoked by the Colts. Everybody's like very sure they're done. And the next thing you know, uh, here they are, and Mason Rudolph is the guy that led them, <laughs> led them there. So I, I, I wish I could tell you that, you know, I saw all this coming today. Uh, all I will say, the only thing I did see coming is I, 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 and I got, I got bet slips in my, in my pocket, by the way, to prove it. I did think the Steelers were going to win today. Cause again, they, 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 Mike Tomlin's, you know, they, they find a way to get to the last week of the season and still have a chance. Paul, um, so what do you, what do you think of, of the way the team played tonight? Obviously the three deep balls to Pickens, the two touchdowns, that acrobatic catch on the sideline were, um, you know, they were they were things this offense has been lacking. But I think the credit for how total this victory was falls on a lot of other, um, you know, a lot of other guys. What did you think of of the effort you saw from everyone else tonight? Listen, couple things. First of all, atmosphere. I forgot to t- I forgot to say this, Adam. This was from the start of the game. The most energy the most electricity, the most, you know, uh, uh, amped up, so to say, whatever you want to say, crowd that we had in this stadium all year. And it's not because they were winning. You know what I mean? They had other games where they got out to like a 7 nothing lead or whatever. People just got to this game and they wanted to be a part of it. And I'm going to tell you, uh, it, this the team felt different today. Pretty much anybody you could come up with that was out there on the field, right, played one of their best games of the year. I mean, we, we, you know, we saw, I mean, I think Miles Jack even got a sack in that in, at the end of the game there. Right. But you had guys that, you know, I, I had to keep looking at my card to see who was, who was out there on defense at times and, you know, guys making plays, interceptions, um, you know, and, and everything else. So I don't even, you know, I thought, I thought both the running backs ran really hard. Um, I thought that, uh, uh, the receivers played really well, and that goes beyond just, you know, Johnson and, and, and Pickens. Uh, about the only thing I can pos- I can say possibly that didn't go their way, that I don't even know if it didn't go their way, but 
I'm pretty sure Pat Fryermuth wasn't involved really much in, at all in his game. And if you remember against the Bengals last time, he he had what six, five or six catches or whatever it was. Um, so if there's something to build on for next week, that would be where you say, okay, that's a, that's one area you can improve. Get you know Fryermuth involved a little bit. The one the one thing I will say, the offensive line is reasonably good at run blocking. Um, they're not very good at, at pass blocking, and Mason Cole is just a bad center. He can't say he's. You know, I would say two out of five snaps are bad, um, you know, and, and throw the timing of the playoff a little bit. There was a couple – there was a play late in the game where Mason Rudolph, where they, uh, Deontay Johnson, they ran like a little uh, play action on the third down, and Deontay Johnson, you know, the entire Bengals defense came up, Deontay Don. But the problem is Mason Rudolph needed like another second to actually throw that. He couldn't step into that. He got hit. So it was a little bit uh, – it was just kind of a rush throw. And then there was the play where there should have been a pass interference in the first half down the sidelines. I don't even remember that play where it was down the sidelines. He threw it. I forget who was down there. It was Calvin Austin maybe. Um, yeah. It was and – it, and, it, and it was – well, it was looked like it was a little bit underthrown. That was another play. If the, if the offensive line just gives him a half a second more, that's a touchdown too. Um, so, you know, the, the pass blocking is one area they got to get better. And I don't know how you get better at this you know, stage of the season, but that's one area they got to figure out how to get better is pass blocking. Uh, because it's proven if you give them a little bit of time and all of a sudden you give them a little bit of time and, 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 and he can make a few plays for you. Paul, the other big storyline of the week beyond the quarterback was George Pickens. Um, I think by the end of the week it got to pile on territory. Um, you know, listen, it was unacceptable effort in the game against the Colts. Um you know, I would I have sent a message by benching him to start? Maybe uh, Mike Tomlin makes the other decision, and, and George Pickens responds. Um, is this somewhat testament to the, the worst punishment Pickens can get? Is, you know, him being kind of the focus of a lot of anger this week and, and, and him, you know, there's no way he was able to tune that all out. I'm sure he heard the noise and, and saw that because he was responding on the sideline. I think he said, did this, and then he did this. Um you know, do you think he learned his lesson through, um, you know, the way the, the fan base and media responded? And, and do you think it's a good – this was the effort he was able to respond to all of that criticism with? Well, as I said, I think I even said it with you. I said it on my show, you know, at the fan. I said it all week. I mean, you're not going to bench a guy like that. And you saw today why Mike Tomlin was not going to bench him because – He's really the guy that you have on offense that can make a big play like that. So um, one of the things that's sort of a fallacy is that there's only one way to discipline a player. You know, there's a number of things they could have done to discipline him. You know, there's a number of things maybe they could have done to, you know, uh, during the week. Uh, they could have, you know, had extra accountability. And there's a, there's a lot of things that they could have done that we didn't see or, you know, and Mike Tomlin didn't talk about. I do not believe that they didn't do anything. So I knew they were going to play him. Even, you know, like when people started talking about it, even before Mike Tomlin even, you know, threw it out there that he was going to play him. I had no doubt because this was a must-win game. Now, it would have been real interesting if they were to beat the Patriots and they had to beat the Cardinals and they were 9-5 and five going into this game. It'd be a little different, right? Maybe that's a different situation. But they absolutely had to win this game. So there was no way they were going to bench the guy. It's not junior high. I keep saying that. This is not junior high. You know, you're not trying to, you know, teach a life lesson to, a, you know, an eighth grader who got out of line or whatever. 
I mean, these are grown men. So uh, I, I didn't have a problem with him playing from the standpoint of it's a must-win game. What he did didn't rise to the level of, you know, such an outrageous thing. It, it, and it's something that I didn't like. Obviously, I'm an old school guy. I'm old. Everything about me is old school. And, I, you know, I, I would tell you I hated that play. I hated the way he did it. But in some ways, it's a little bit of a, a cultural thing now with these younger guys. A lot of them make business decisions, you know what I'm saying, out there. Rather than go on blood and guts and go all out every single play, there's very few Jalen Warrens or you know that are out there. So my point is, it's it's one of those things that you can explain away the way Mike Tomlin did. He's young. He made a mistake. We'll talk to him about it. We'll continue to get him better, and we'll try try and help him mature. Right? Um, and 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 I would be willing to bet that all of the leaders in that locker room would tell you, you know, the, the, the TJ Watts and the Cam Haywards of the world, I, I would be willing to bet they would all say, yeah, we hated what he did. We really didn't like it at all, but we need him to win a football game. So, you know, we're kind of okay with the fact that, that, that Mike Tomlin let him play. And by the way, as an aside, Adam, I just saw the quote out of the news conference. Mike Tomlin says it's too early to name a starting quarterback for next week. So I hope that everybody out there, because with about two minutes left in the, in the fourth quarter, I've sent a tweet out where I said, Kenny Pickett is going to be the guy that plays next week if he's healthy. And people <laughs> killed me for it. There's no way. Well, that, here's the thing that just goes to show you that there is a way that basically – Mike Tomlin is going to do everything in his power. You know, if Kenny Pickett is healthy, he's going to be the guy that plays. That's just the way it is. Uh, He's a starter. And here's the other thing, Adam. Despite what we just saw out there, Mike Tomlin has always had this kind of thing. Again, I don't know. He's he's just not a big Mason Rudolph fan. You know, he hasn't been – he soured on him in that Detroit tie. And ever since then, you know, so it doesn't shock me and it won't shock me on Tuesday – if he announces that Kenny's going to be the starter. But he won't on Tuesday. You know what he'll say? We're going to let our participation in practice be our guide. That's what he's going to say. Yeah, I kind of feel he gives himself as much wiggle room and get to the end of the week to make that decision, um, you know, based on, on where Kenny Pickett is health-wise. Um, Paul, just to put a, a button on the, the Pickens talk, do you think he do you think he grows up a little bit from this week? You know, taking all that criticism, performing – Saying, "Hey, this is this is what I can do," you know, when when the effort level is there, um, or, or do you think, you know, do you think he's ever going to get past that, um, you know, that that lack of effort and, and attitude issues sometimes? Well, he's got to grow up. That's the biggest thing. I think, you know, he, you know, I think he, that conversation that you just said that or just talked about, I think it's a two way conversation. I think Mike Tomlin goes to him and says, listen, when you are dialed in and play like this, you're complete. You're one of the best receivers in the league. You know, when you're dialed in and you play and you, you know, you play every, every, uh, every down as if it's your last and you make yourself out there and run good routes and you're, you know, engaged in, guess what? You're maybe the best receiver. And if George Pickens says, well, if you throw me the ball, you know what I mean? If you throw me the ball early and often, guess what? I'll get engaged. 
So, I mean, I think it's a two-way conversation. Uh, but the biggest thing with him, as we know, is he's got to grow up. He's just, he's immature. And, you know, until he, until he grows up a little bit, you know, it, it, it could be a thing of where they go to Seattle next week and he doesn't get a, throw, a ball thrown his way in the first quarter and all of a sudden he's ready to fight the receivers coach. I mean, I, I don't know that we are out of the woods yet for that kind of, you know, outburst from him. Uh, but today was a really good, you know, really good day. Um, that's what I said, though. He's really the guy on offense, the only guy on offense that scares the other teams. You know, they've got, I mean, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are good, hard-nosed, you know, grinded-out running backs. They are what they are. Deontay Johnson is what he is. Pickens is the only guy on this offense that is an absolute game-changer if he's playing like he did today. And so – you hope that maybe this gets him going a little bit and he feels like, okay, now I can build on this. And, and, and you hope that the offensive coordinators now uh, look at this and say, well, hey, you know, we got him the ball early enough and we got him the, you know, that slant and, and that got him into the game. Really, I mean, that's, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, Paul. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the defense, maybe talk a little bit about the running game. Just want to thank a couple more of our sponsors first. Uh, first, Goldberg, Persky, and White. If you were diagnosed with mesothelioma or lung cancer, call your local attorneys at Goldberg, Persky, and White. For over 40 years, their firm has represented thousands of lung cancer and mesothelioma victims. Call 1-800-COMPLEX or visit gpwlaw.com for a free consultation. Also want to thank Propel Schools. Propel's 13 public charter schools in Allegheny County build a solid academic foundation for lifelong learning and offer more personalized instruction at every level during your child's kindergarten through 12th grade education journey. Give your children the quality education they deserve. Learn more and apply to Propel Schools by visiting propelschools.org. Thank you to them. Paul, um, I want to talk about the defense, and I want to talk about the the other guy who was the focus of a lot of ire this week. He he really is every week, but especially this week, it felt like the calculus was different for a lot of people with Mike Tomlin. You and I have spent a lot of time talking about him and, um, you know, the the way this three-game losing streak, you know, looked bad was a bad look for him, but – how much credit do you give him tonight for what was a very solid defensive performance um, with with guys out of place? Miles Jack in there, who was retired like a month ago. Uh, Michael Walker got smoked on that long touchdown, but otherwise they kept you know they kept the Bengals locked down. Uh, Patrick Peterson um, Rowe, I think is his name, the other safety. I mean, we're just guys off the practice squad are making plays now. Listen, if we're going to sit here and criticize him every week, as we have. Do you have to give him credit for for turning up the heat with this group the way he did today? You mean Tomlin or or, or Terrell Austin? Both. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you got to give him credit. There's no question about it. And and I think you give him credit because basically he was able to. Uh, they were able to really stop the the Bengals running game with, as you said, a a, a cast of characters that was you know five guys named Mo back there on defense at times. Um, you know, but Jake Browning did throw for, uh, 300, what, 340 yards or something. Um, I don't know about you, Adam. And again, I, I, I gotta say this and I want to stress this because people get so sensitive about these things. I think the Steelers defense played wonderful and, you know, did a lot of good things, but I also thought the Bengals played maybe the stupidest game I've ever seen a team play. And maybe since the Ravens were here and dropped 95 passes against the Steelers, uh, First of all, the first interception, I have no idea what Browning was doing with the first interception. The second interception, I have no idea who he was throwing to or what he was trying to do. 
The third interception was a great play by Alex Eismith, right? They left at least 12 points on the field by not kicking field goals, right? And then they get down there. It's, it's second and one on about the five-yard line. They throw a sideways pass that never goes across the line of scrimmage. The guy catches it and gets tackled. So now it's third and, and, uh, third and one. They run Mixon for about, I don't know, three quarters of a yard. And now it's fourth and inches, and they drop back to try and pass it into the end zone. I, I mean, at that point, first of all, the play calling was idiotic. But if they kick a field goal there, and then a little bit later they, they kick another field goal, I mean, maybe you probably don't win the game. But at least you're within 14 points, and then, you know, who knows what happens. My point is I thought the Bengals played a really stupid game. Um, you know, the Credit the Steelers. I thought that they made plays when they needed to make plays. Uh, but Browning did throw for 300-plus yards, what, three, 340 yards. The three interceptions, two of them were just two of the stupidest passes I've seen a guy throw. Um, and the Steelers did a great job on def- you know, run defense, too. So, uh, all in all, I'm not sure how you could really complain much about uh, uh, what they did today, especially when we always talk about really points are what matter. On offense, points matter. On defense, points matter. So, you know, we, we, we ripped the, the Steelers' offense when they only score 14 points or 13 points, no matter how many yards they have. Well, what did they give up today, 11? Is, was that it, 11? Yeah, 11. Now, clear, clearly, as I just said, the, the, the Bengals left a bunch of points out there on the field, but still, bottom line is 11. My, my, you know, I was going to ask you, I didn't see this number, but I was wondering, when was the last time the Steelers scored 30-plus points in a win? I had not seen that stat either before I hopped on, Paul, but it's, it's been a while, I, 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 right? I mean, it's got to be like we're probably talking mid-2020, I, I would think. Right, because I'm looking at it right now. Last year, they only scored 30 one time last year. Did you know that? And it was a 37-30 loss to the Bengals. That was it. I'm looking at it right here. So it had to be 2021 or 2020 was the last time they scored 30 points in a win which is incredible if you think about it. Yeah, and you can't you can't discount what worked tonight. I mean, we, that Bengals defense is not very good. You and I have talked we talked about it the last time they beat the Bengals. Um, if there was a unit they were going to have success against, it was probably this one, but you know, they haven't. So the fact that they did take that step with Mason Rudolph back there tonight is significant. Um, Paul, can they win these next two games? With without a Landon Roberts now, I I don't we we don't know you know as we're recording this what uh, Mike Tomlin said post game if there's been any diagnosis but the the energy of like everyone on the sideline and him coming off gave off like possible torn pec which at this stage of the season I would think would end his year um, so if they have to play these last two games without him Paul do you think that they can that they can beat the Seahawks and Ravens because I, I think it's still going to be, as well as they played tonight, I think it's going to be a tall task to get that out of Michael Walker and Miles Jack playing, you know, the vast majority of the snaps. Yeah, well, I would tell you this. Um, again, they they, they, they they dance through the raindrops tonight. I wonder if next week against Seattle, especially if Geno Smith's back, if they're going to be able to do it again. And if Kenneth Walker is playing and he's healthy and everything else, I think it's going to be a tall task. At that point, they're going to have to probably score some points. And by the way, I found it. November 15th, November 15th, 2020.
They beat the Bengals 36 to 10. That's the last time I can come up with that they scored 30 points in a win. In 2020, was that Ben? Was that yeah, ben? I mean, that would, have, that would have been Ben. Yeah, so 2020, uh, 36 to 10. Roethlisberger, 27 to 46, 333 yards and four touchdowns. <laughs> you know, like, those are the kind of games we used to, we just used to take for granted. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, so... I mean, how many games is that, Adam? This is what, game 15? 15? It's over over three years. So 15, so last year 17, that's 34. So that's uh, 49. And then, you know, that there was probably about five or six games in that one. Let me look real quick. There was probably like five or six games after that one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we're talking about, what, 56 games since the last time they scored 30 points in a win. You're talking the entire Matt Canada era, Paul. Um, <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty now, much. Listen, now, Paul, this, team's, this team is still alive here. Um, I, don't, I don't know that you and I thought we'd be having this conversation. Now that they've won, now that they're still in the mix, are you starting to root for the Ravens tomorrow in that huge Monday night game? Or wait, I think that no, that's two days from now. Yeah, the Monday night game against San Francisco, because I think they're you know I think if you're the Steelers, you want the Ravens to have that number one seed locked up by week 18, right? So then maybe they're sitting guys, and maybe they're not playing their A squad in that game that you're gonna, maybe going to have to win to make the playoffs. Well, and you're rooting for the Chargers tonight, right? I mean, there's a couple teams you're rooting for. I tell you, the game that's kind of weird is tomorrow. I'm not sure who you root for tomorrow. I think that doesn't uh, the Browns play at Houston? Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the big games. I think, yeah, I think the Browns play at Houston. I mean, who in that game are you rooting for? Because the thing about it is you split with the Browns, right? But you lost to the Texans. And you are, you know, a, a full game behind the Browns no matter what, right? But if the Texans win, you know, there, there's another team that's ahead of you. Um, that, that there's another that's another team that's ahead of you that's still ahead of you. You know, and they've got a tiebreaker on you. And I think if the Bills win, they're ahead of you, right? And, and they're they're a team that's already ahead of you. So they're gonna, you know. So to me, I mean that's where I, that's where I would look at it. I probably am gonna root for the Browns and just say, you know what, I will concede the Browns, give give them one spot. You know, give them their tenth win and start to get them get them out of the way. You know, and 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 then at that point, you you know, you need the Bills or so you want the Browns to win tomorrow. Tomorrow, and who, and whoever the Colts play, who do they play? The the Saints or the ta- Tampa? I think they play a, a, an NFC team as well. So it, it's entirely possible. I think if I'm looking at the math right, that the, the Steelers could be in posi- in playoff position or you know the, uh, the basically one spot out of playoff. Um, a position next week. Or I mean, you know, by the end of today or by the end of uh, Monday. Yeah, Paul, I kind of think that I think the stars would align if the Steelers won these last two games. I think the Steelers would get the help they need. I think I saw it was 75% probability to make the playoffs if they, if they went out. Um, I, I think that's going to happen. I think they get the help. I think the bigger question for me is, can you beat the Seahawks and Ravens on the road? And, can you beat the Ravens if they're playing for that number one seed in week 18, you know, and they're going for it, wanting to get that by? I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's the biggest. That's going to be a big question, obviously. Can you beat the Seahawks next week? Because I don't think the Seahawks are great, but you know what? Up there, it's a difficult place to play. It's a long, you know, flight across the country. And you know what? You're, you're coming off of uh, uh, a season like a, a, like a high, you know, which sometimes it can be tough to get back up like that. I mean, this week, think about all the stuff that happened this week, right? The emotions, the, you know, all the controversies. Mike Tomlin spoke twice. Everybody's down on the Steelers. Discussions about Tomlin's future. Discussions about Pickens, right? All of these things all week long. You kind of knew the Steelers were going to come out with a chip on their shoulders. But now are they going to get fat and happy and feel good about themselves and say, we proved you wrong? And then go out there without the little edge that they need? I don't know. Um, I also think, you know, you go through Christmas, right? You've got Christmas on Monday and, and this, that, everything. And it can be a difficult situation to try and get your get yourself focused quickly. Then you're also going to have a week of quarterback controversy, you know? And my thing is, and this is where I completely disagree with Mike Tomlin. I would have named Mason Rudolph the starter today after the game or – I would have said, if Kenny Pickett is healthy, he will be the starter. In other words, you know what I'm saying? You make a definitive statement today, and then when you get to Wednesday, you know, this thing, if they're going to share reps and all that other stuff, makes no sense to me. Pick your guy and give him all the reps and get him ready to play. Well, do you think – I mean, do you think it's just a matter of maybe he doesn't know yet? I mean, that, that, is that possible that he's, he's going to take the, the night to sleep on? The holiday, you got the holiday, Christmas Eve tomorrow, Christmas Day. I mean, is, is it possible that he just wants to take a little bit of extra time to make the right decision? Yeah, maybe. I guess so. My thing is, on Tuesday, he still has the same answer as he has today. Tuesday, when he speaks, that's probably not serving your team in the, 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 you know, the best interest of your team. If you come out Tuesday and say, listen, I know he played really well. But Kenny Pickett is still our starter. If he says that, okay, I can live with that. But if he does this thing where we're going to let their week be our guide and all that other crap, and then they go into Wednesday and, you know, they're you know, half, the, uh, half the reps are going one way, half the reps are going the other, and all this other stuff, I got to be honest with you, I, I don't think you're giving yourself the best chance to win. If you want to tell me that they're going to start Kenny Pickett, okay, fine. You know, the guy is like, what, seven and five or seven and three or whatever he is as a starter this year? Fine. But pick your guy and go forward. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to be said for that, Paul, once they get on the other side of the holiday and get back to practice. Um, Paul, any, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? I know you want to maybe get downstairs a little bit. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, this has been an interesting <laughs> – this has been as interesting of a week as we've had. It's a bizarro world, you know, uh, kind of game today. What's hilarious, Adam, is no matter what happens here, let's say even they bring Kenny Pickett back and he, you know, plays the next two weeks and they win. Basically, Mason Rudolph today made the biggest and best case for why he should be on a team next year, as you know, even as a backup. He might have actually extended his NFL career today. The other thing is, when you look back on this season, if they make the playoffs, undeniably, no matter what, you have to say that Mason Rudolph saved the day for the Steelers. 
They did. This will be the Rudolph saved Christmas game for all time. <laughs> They'll always have that. The Steelers, whether they make the playoffs, we'll always have this night uh, as, as a memory of, uh, you know, one of those ones that just always stands out. I, I think this is going to be on that list. Paul, thanks for uh, stopping by with me. Everyone, please subscribe to the channel. We're going to have plenty more talk going into this week. Christopher Carter will be back with on the North Shore Drive on Monday. That's Christmas Day. We're going to record it on Sunday, uh, but we're gonna, it's going to be up on Monday. So make sure you're subscribed for that. We'll have plenty more reaction later in the week to all of the news. Uh, if you enjoyed this video, please like it. Help us out in the YouTube algorithm. We always appreciate it. And then Paul and I will be back on New Year's Eve after Steelers-Seahawks um, Big West Coast game. So, so we'll be here to break it all down. So make sure you're along for the ride for the rest of the season. We'd love to have you. Um, and, and Paul, I'll, I'll talk to you soon. We'll also be back Thursday. We do our Thursday. Right. All right, buddy. All right. Have a good Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you for checking out this content from Post Gazette Sports. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all of the sports coverage the Post Gazette has to offer, visit post-gazette.com.